Striking Chords with Jonathan Douglas. Here, talking with conductor Sir Simon Rattle. It's the most astonishing, gifted family you could imagine. Uh, it's interesting. People talk about what comes from the conductor and what comes from the orchestra, and we're all a little bit flummoxed by that because we very much do it together. This is very much a team. Uh, people may not realize here that uh, the orchestra not only have the right to elect their own members, they also have the right to elect their own conductors. So this was this idea to have us working together was completely the orchestra's fault. Uh, <laughs> and it makes us very much a team. It's a big, hard-working, vibrant democracy uh, with very, very much creativity. Uh, you will notice when you see, first of all, a very young orchestra, um, many people in their early 20s, a very diverse orchestra, now 20 different nationalities in the orchestra, although the majority is, uh, the majority is still German, uh, and a very curious orchestra who are in love with the music and in love with their instruments and who move with the music in a completely extraordinary way. It's always been an orchestra where the sound comes up from underneath the floor Anyway, and it's an orchestra that wishes very much to communicate out to the audience what they feel. It's a very deeply emotional orchestra. Uh, and so it makes it certainly not the easiest job in the world, but without a shadow of a doubt, the best job in the world. And so how have you managed to um, balance, if you like, on the one hand, keeping your eye on the great legacy, the great traditions, and on the other hand, bringing the orchestra into new areas of repertoire and, and developing the orchestra in, in various ways. The orchestra is very curious uh, and wanted to expand its repertoire, uh, while at the same time wanting to tend this garden. Um, Carrie Ann said to me, uh, you have to remember that it's like one of your English gardens. You have to look after everything. You have to cut the grass. You have to make sure. You have to make sure not only do you cut the grass, but you plant enough things, and you just take care of everything. And you have to look after the sound and legacy of an orchestra like this all the time. But we look in both directions. Um, we look to our tradition, but traditions must be very radical things and we look very much to the future. And we are, we are in the 21st century. It seems that you know, Hong Kong and Shanghai at least are in the 23rd. But we're, we're <laughs> running to catch up behind you. Can I ask you, Sir Simon, do you believe in live recordings in order to try to reproduce that kind of intensity that you get in, in performances? I think, I, mean, I, don't, I think we all feel we just play better in front of real people. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain safety net with our 
a studio recording because you <coughs> because you can do things again and again. Uh, but I remember one of my great heroes as a conductor, Raphael Kubelik, as one of the great gentlemen of classical music. I remember hearing him say to the London Symphony Orchestra, "Gentlemen, because it was gentlemen at that time. Gentlemen, why do you think that?" Perfection means only precision. Uh, and you can get a great deal of precision in a studio, but often to get perfection of atmosphere uh, and perfection of line and perfection of this journey, you need an audience. So we end up, when it's possible, preferring the real thing. We don't like virtual pets. We'd rather have the real live animal. Well, Palace, can I just... End with one final question, and uh, again a reference to the to the film that my colleague Jimmy mentioned um, a few minutes ago. Rhythm is it, and so Simon, I was I saw this film too, actually with Jimmy, and I was very interested. At one point, you reflected that you felt that kids at school sometimes it was the kids who were not quite. I'm, I'm sort of um, paraphrasing you, but it was as if kids are not quite part of the main group, that are perhaps off their own a little bit, um, a little bit loners or oddballs or whatever, and it's sometimes these kids who end up achieving something quite significant. Um, I don't know if I've, I've more or less paraphrased you right, but I wonder what, what kind of kid were you at school? Well, the phrase I heard myself use in the film was, I, I was a funny duck, and I still think that's about as... Uh, look, anyone... anyone who has this mission in their mind... Look, anyone at 11 or 12 who knows what they're going to do in their life is by definition a funny duck. Uh, and I think sometimes those can be the very creative, very creative people. I know the one, you know, my father, after his importing, exporting career was, uh, became a school teacher, which was one of his great wishes and he taught me of this concept that they have in schools called the isolate that every teacher knows needs to know who is the isolate in the, the class the person who really connects with nobody and you know, I know that uh, the isolate in my class is now um, a high court judge the one with no friends is <laughs> maybe paying everybody else back uh, but very successfully yeah.